Yeah, they were saying they're like. Does Robin keep hers that loud too? Uh, apparently. No kidding. I don't know if it's. I mean, I believe Miles and Thrills have been way louder than that before. It wasn't like throw the headphones off loud. It was just like, oh, that's way louder than I keep them. Yeah, Miles throw and Castle does it too. Yeah, they just blare it. I would say if you had started talking, I would have been that throw the headphones off. I happen to be talking like away from mine, and so it's like, oh god. But, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, those things go loud. All right, let's start it up. Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tennis. Starring the tennis. Starring the Starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast, episode 230. What's up with your boy, the Ted Smith? will be hosting this here podcast. Grace podcast in all the land. All the land. Oh, to the left of me, my summer meltdown buddy, my burner buddy. He's actually here. Not somewhere in Southeast Asia on two wheels. Goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Singapore poised to end the slide of the Australian dollar as investors there continue to gobble up fixed income vehicles and buy institutional REITs down under. Shares the podcast struggling today after an earnings miss and increased pressure on the boys from a summer schedule dotted by missed emails and canceled shows. Will the boys be able to rally back today or will the orgy, orgies and cold beer cause their downfall? We'll find out at 630. All right, back there on the wheels of steel. Get the studio all set up. Matt Comer, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. How you doing, man? Awesome. <laughs> I uh, turned my headphones up for the intro after the, after we talked about that. Then this song hit, and I was like, "Turn it back, turn up. it back, up. crank it." <laughs> uh, Cobb, it's always great to have you sitting in uh, studio with us. Obviously, we took a week off last week because we needed it. Yeah, I had time <laughs> off, and then uh, we just got back from summer meltdown. So first, I would just say a huge thank you. Just, I mean, I, I could speak for all of us, but I could just say for me, like a huge thank you to the people that like talked to us and said "Larped on" and. It was a good time. I met some really cool, cool people, man. Dude, hell yeah, man! Hang, I was hanging with Moose in the beer garden for a while. Like Zach and I were kicking it a couple nights. Yeah, like, shout out to Zach in the in the. <laughs> he in the was bear. killing it, dude, with the, yeah. like his big fur thing too. Killing and I it. like that. Like he doesn't just give us that stuff. There's like reasons why. Yeah, yeah. dude. Shout out to George doing his thing. Like, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, George was crushing. <laughs> it. He was thriving out there. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was fun. Yeah, I had a guy. I don't remember if his name was. I think Dude, it was, Christopher Walken was out there too. I was kicking with yeah, him. Yeah, Christopher guy, Walken was there. I think it was Tim or Luke was his name because I think I remember being like, "That's my brother's name," and uh, it was just he just complimented something I was wearing. I don't remember what it was at that point. I just wear a lot of fun stuff. And he complimented it, and I was like, "Yeah, thanks." My girlfriend got it for me because she got me most cool stuff that I have, and and then he's just like, "Oh, I just realized I recognize your voice." <laughs> and I was like, oh, what, dude? Crazy. He's like, yeah, I've listened to a bunch of episodes. It's great to meet you. And it's just, but, you know, you're just out there talking. And then it's like, you just recognize me by my voice. It's the craziest thing. It's like when we were at dinner that one time. Yeah, that was dope. Dude, always fun out there. Also, the bands this year killed it, man. Yeah. If you have not the seen Bass Nectar live, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Bass Nectar at 9.30 a.m. was a little much. <laughs> Way too much. The yeah, sound check was live. All right, so let's go through the day's look. Yeah, so Thursday night, Thursday night I had a blast. I think everybody could tell us having a blast. Mm-hmm. But Pete's antique. The man's at home in a beer garden, but especially, dude. Yeah. Dancing in a beer garden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And, like, it was just fun. Yeah, like, it was. There was good, like, upbeat attitude. Everyone's excited for the weekend, but it's not full garden. yet. Yeah, the beer garden was bigger. I ran into a bunch of people I knew. Uh, what else? Even just sitting there after uh, Beats Antique, I was sitting there with a couple just at, like, a picnic table chatting it up, man. It, it was just a great time. That was the livest Thursday I've ever seen. That's what I said. Yeah, that I, Thursday looked like a Friday. Yeah. Sure. I told people that was the best Thursday I'd been to, and they were like, really? What about three years ago? I was like, damn. The thing is, the the, the Friday and the Saturday were a little bit busier than I would have liked, but I'm not complaining. It was awesome. Yeah. But like, the Thursday, that was about the business level that I like, where you can still kind of find your friends and whatnot. Like, Friday or Saturday, like you lose your friends. It's they're a zoo. Gone. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're in the pit. Well, and here's the other thing I should mention to people. Thursday night, it was cold. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was cold, and then it started sprinkling rain a little bit later. But it's just funny because Thursday, I mean, I mean, it was legit cold. People were like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" Stuff's blowing around. So Thursday morning, easy to sleep in. It's Friday over, morning, yeah. or Friday morning, right? It's overcast and this and that. And then, as I say, by Saturday, it started cooking. Getting yeah, I got one. Getting good sleep early on like that because it wasn't a thousand degrees when we woke up was huge. Yeah, it extends yeah. your longevity. What were you drinking in the beer garden on Thursday night? What was your move? 
given the temperature, the feel, you know, the vibe. Oh, I was excited. I think I was just power chugging beers. Like IPAs or like the, the light guys? Uh, I did an IPA, and then, man, I like those pineapple ciders. Pineapple cider? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. It's like, I forget which one. It, two, is it Two Towns? You got me on those damn uh, white claw things now. Oh, the, the soda like water. water things? Yeah, yeah, those are good. Yeah. I had yeah. a couple other drinks. I think I had a couple of vodkas, but no, Thursday night I was definitely drinking beers. Yeah, I was doing a lot of uh, whatever they had, the Deep Eddy thing. Um, I don't know, vodka sodas, vodka crayon, you know, well, classic that, chick drinks. I think that's what helped some of my uh, <laughs> like longevity dances. It was so cold out. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Right? Like I wasn't like dripping sweat. Yeah. Oh, man, I know. All right, so Friday, uh, Friday night, like Mig shows up. Uh, I don't know. We're having a good time and stuff, but the band that impressed me the most, that kind of caught me off guard, was Big Gigantic. I don't know how it caught you off guard. I was, I've been hyping it to you for four weeks, man. Jesus, <sighs> I just, I, I've never experienced a show like that. Th- that's how the Grizz show was, man. They do a bunch of collaborations with Grizz, and like that's yeah. the exact same program, man. It's like come in, dance, future funk. We're gonna have a good time, but it's not gonna be like too loud or too intense. It's like just, yeah, let the good times roll, man. Like uh, Grizz's album is. Yeah, well, I gotta say though that bass. I mean, Friday night, even that bass, I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> yeah, didn't they like double the speaker count or something? Well, I feel like yeah. I heard all these rumors rolling around. I never actually heard like a, a yeah, legitimate twice number. Twice as many subs as last year, I think. It was a wall. Yeah, I know that. When I looked up during Bass Nectar, it was just a straight like I don't know, five foot tall, like twenty foot long wall of bass. Let me just describe how heavy the bass was in the lasers. Like George came over on Friday night and was like. I was out there in the middle and physically had to help somebody who passed out, like, get him out of there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and I, mean, dude, I looked at Steve in the beer garden, and I was like, I don't know this is good for me. I just, like, feel it pulsing through me. Dude, you got to get some of those uh, Eddie Monic earplugs that I rock. But so, right. so, so people know, on Saturday morning, they did the sound check for Bass Nectar. And Bass Nectar, if you listen online, you're like, okay, cool. It's kind of these nice sort of flowy beats. It sounds like um, Bonobo, kind of. But live, it is, it is a whole different program. And so, like, I've seen Bonobo live, and it's kind of the same thing, chill, flow, whatever. Bass Nectar's whole MO is I want to melt your face with bass, period, full stop. So on Saturday morning, they got to warm up this guy's bass, and I'm sitting in, like, a metal trailer talking to my friend, and the whole thing starts vibrating to the point where it feels like it's going to collapse. And everybody throughout the whole camp, one, is awake immediately, and two, throughout the day, everyone's like, Dude, did you hear that sound check this morning? Like, yes, like the whole mountain range heard that sound check. <laughs> it was absurd, man. I, I've never heard bass that loud. Steve said, quote, they can't, like, no bass nectar, no, nothing so much bass before 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. everybody was talking about it. And then on the river that day, I talked to people and people were like, are you ready for bass nectar? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was so intense this morning. Like, like, I've never been scared to go to a show. I'm a little intimidated to go see bass nectar. Yeah. But it was good, though. They dialed it in. It ended up sounding really good. But oh, yeah, that awesome. sound check was ruthless. Yeah. Ruthless. But yeah, late night tent was not as good as it has been in years past. It was like but a that little, little different stage. setup. Four yeah, four stages. stages yeah. Oh, and also Trevor Hall. Shout out to that guy, man. That oh. guy has got some pipes. I don't know if you guys caught his show. I was in the showers, and it was coming sort of like over the top. You could hear it. And his voice is beautiful, man. Great show. Really enjoyed it. I think he's from South Carolina, I want to say. I, I'm with you because uh, me and Steve were just walking in, and you were like, hey, take your time, enjoy it, and listen to the music. Yeah. That's what I said to Taryn, too, because she was getting in the shower, and I was like, it seemed like she brushed us off. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. And then right as we were walking in the studio today, she was like, dude, Trevor Hall in those showers? And I was like, bitch. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, she said she loved it. Uh, what's going to say? Uh, sorry, that's the mayor trying to get into the building. Oh, that's cool, man. Uh, you need to run down? Nah, I think T's got him. The, uh, the next night, too, I took a shower on uh, on Sunday night, and I did not realize that you could turn around like, and see the whole festival. Yeah, man. Because the first night, I was just facing forward, like listening to it, like, oh, this is nice. And then uh, Sunday night, I was like facing it, and I was like, I mean, I must have stood. I know it's at five minutes. I probably stood there for 10. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was, I was in there dancing, like laughing. You can see your friends over the top of the thing, too. So I was in there. Yeah, one of our buddies was in there as well. Like, it's just fun, man. In fact, some of the other shower participants were laughing at us. We were just like dancing, having a good time. Who's that? You and Jason? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I kind of forgot. Like, so we talked about on the mega cast, but like, there's stalls, but like, they're not that tall. So you can see like shoulders. Kind of like saloon doors. Right. But so they're not I, doors. I didn't really realize that, and like I went in with my bathing suit on, and then I like took it off and was ringing it out, and I kind of turned left and was like ringing it out, and me and this dude are just like 
<laughs> I, I contact you, and I just like turn back around because <laughs> I was like, like, there's a wall there, but I was like, he is really close to me. Yeah. Well, it actually was nice having those a little closer to camp. I forgot about that within the whole orientation. They moved things around this year a little bit, and within the whole orientation, some people were pissed, but it was nice having the showers close to camp. It was. The showers were close to camp. Uh, what else? The beer garden was huge. I, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I liked that. Sunday was uh, bluegrass. That was good. Uh, I will say this. I forgot to bring it up on the Megacast, and if you listen to the Megacast and this one, feel free to tell Steve makes this, but he is awful at cornhole. Really? Yeah, we played Friday night when we got in the beer garden. Oh, he's a goalie, man. He's I know. Goalie. I just didn't realize the guy doesn't throw stuff. <laughs> well, he's like uh, Ambi Sinister. He's got two bad hands. I don't. He just had an awkward kind of hitch in his giddy up when he was oh, trying man. to throw the cornhole. Well, you got to choose more wisely in the future, man. I do. Now you know. Now I know. Uh, I don't know. Anything else you guys have to add or? About summer meltdown, yeah. To, you know what? I will say this: the the women was a significant upgrade this year. There was Huge. some, there was some smoke shows out there, and it was like it was the kind of girls I'm into. That's like sort of like almost like kind of hippie, like yoga chicks, but also still like really naturally beautiful, and like smart, funny, whatever. And like it was just, it was stacked, man. It was there was a lot to see, and of course. Ted and I, you know, year eight, we're still uh, 0 for 8. <laughs> just want to get that on record. We're always so excited going to these festivals, Ted. What happens to us out there? Now, technically, one year after you left, I did hook up on a Sunday. Okay, and I've, uh, what was, I went to some weird festival at the Gorge one time and hooked up with some girl camped next to me, but I don't but really count it. that on my stat sheet. Yeah, I mean, I've never even kissed another girl at the festival. Same. We're over. Burning Man, Ofer. Yeah, yeah, well, Burning Man, I mean. Yeah, come on. You got to bring in your own talent for something like that. But I do have to admit, uh, <laughs> driving the RV, RV we get back. lost in the sauce, man. Right? Oh man, I, I love having fun. <laughs> Dude, f- yeah, man, me too. That's the problem, right? <laughs> like in that beer garden Thursday night, there was like, and a lot of the people I talked to. Plus, like, you got to keep like Cobb. You were right. There's a lot of girls, but there's a lot of girls with boyfriends kind of lurking. Well, and also it's just tough to focus. Like, even if a girl's yeah. hitting on you, you're like, ah, I want to go see this music, and I want to go like say hi to this friend, and I want to go like. There's just there's a lot to do. You right, know? and that's what happens. I get all excited. Like, well, we can go do this. We can go do that. Dude, it's so funny because it's like, um, uh, man, what's the, like, it's like a cat, like, trying to t- chase, like, ten mice at once, but you're just yeah. too excited, and then, like, there's so many millions of opportunities. You're like, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, and at some point, like, the sun just kind of fades, and you're like, oh, I actually have no options. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and that's the I mean? problem, too. It's like, you might be talking to one person, and then somebody else comes over, and you start, and it's like, well, I got to get back to the original one. But it's a festival. The original one could have walked off. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, she's left the state by then. That's the other thing I should... I would, and you I, will not see her again. No. I would love to tell people about festival time. Is It's weird. Is somebody like, like, did you see like, uh, did you see Cobb? Like, dude, I did... No, that was three hours ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, like he'll be back. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I just saw him. Uh, actually, there's two bands back. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where he is. He yeah. could be anywhere. And I'm still, like, some people probably do. Like, I'm not to the point where I want to wear a, have my phone with me. No, oh, yeah. dude, please. Yeah, I turn mine off the moment I pull into the parking lot. That's a hard pass for me. Like, what am I? Yeah, no, not for me. God damn it, I had something else funny I wanted to bring up. Ah, I guess that's it. Was it about the festival? Yeah. We're talking about girls. Oh, I know. So we're driving the RV back on Monday, right? It's me and Taryn sitting there, and I go, Taryn, you know, every time I come to this festival, I think, God damn, there's a lot of great breasts out here, right? <laughs> and then I go, but I've come to realize, like, nobody's wearing bras. Yeah. She's like, yeah, that's all it is. Like, yep, all right. <laughs> well, also, you know, here's the thing, though. You and I talked about this when we were in Dallas. My, uh, Matt, I thought I had, like, stu- like, do they all have great boobs here? And it's like, no, they're not wearing bras. You can just see them. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's why everybody's I awesome mean, in, in all fairness, they do have some great <laughs> awesome. ones, though. There is. Like, it's not just, you know, like, it's both. But yeah, um, even yeah, the also, bad ones weren't bad. That's what I'm saying. Well, and also, like, with a little, oh, man, you know, that's too controversial of a comment. Um <laughs> what I, dude, like even back in Dallas, we were talking about the bralettes, you know, the oh, rise of the yes. bralette, which if guys, if you're not familiar with this, it's like a quasi bra shirt blouse thing. How Heard would you about, describe it? Yeah, it's, it's supposed to kind of support like a bra a little more than a t-shirt, but it's, it's almost like day lingerie. Yeah. Day lingerie. Not a bad call, dude. It's like, <laughs> yeah. If, like if you found like some like farmer's daughter in like 1950, like if you were to shoot like a, 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 a spread for Playboy in like 1910, maybe that's what she would wear as a top. 
Yeah. On a farm. <laughs> I mean, literally, I learned about it last year driving to Meltdown. I was like, Taryn, is that a shirt? She was like, it's a bralette. I was like, all right. They're great. And then when we were in Dallas, my brother was like, is that girl's wearing a bra? And I was like, no, Chris, it's a bralette. <laughs> Focus, Chris. Like, as if now I know. <laughs> well, dude, that, that's the other thing is like, is that, okay, so is the rise of those tied to the rise of women not wanting to wear bras because it makes their boobs sag more because the skin doesn't stay as tight? Or is it just a fashion thing? Discuss. I think it's probably both. Mm. Like, I think, number one, it's just a fashion thing. You're at a festival, so people just don't want to wear bras. Well, in Austin, that's like... Oh, that's I mean, just that's daily standard. gear? Yeah, yeah, that's standard. That's yeah. like the most... most Because, well, like, I used to say. date girls that had big boobs, and they always wore bras... Like, some of them wear bras at night, as they thought that was good, like sports bras. Mm. So they wouldn't. But you're right. Now research says, like, they should just let be free. Yeah, man. Just let know. them be free. Let them be free. I feel like research almost always shows that things just want to be free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> saw a lot of dicks at the river this year. There was a lot of penis at the river. Yeah. Saw a couple. That was record. I think I had seen one in all the years prior, and then it was like eight that day. Well, it was just record for the number of people, too. It was triple the number of people at the river. I mean, that was insane. Dude. Yeah. yeah. What used to be an oasis is now a full-on. I mean, that place has arrived. Yeah. There was yeah. a DJ with full like speaker setup and everything. It was wild. We had to go way down to have enough space for everybody. Yeah. yeah, it was. Packed. Yeah, our little festival's grown up, boys. Did... <laughs> what? Did you guys see the tampon string? No. At the river. You know what? I just heard about this yesterday from Steve <laughs> and Taryn. Do I want to know? Apparently, one naked woman had a string hanging out, oh, and she God was damn. skipping rocks like this. With like, I was like five feet away, and right after someone, I don't know if he wants to be named, but he listens. Pointed it out, and then once you, I, I could not. There's so much going on in my my line of vision, and that's all you can think about. And when you're not thinking about it, you're thinking about how you're trying to not think about it. Well, it was so goddamn distracting. Here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that that's any. I mean, it just. My initial response is disgust, but if you really think about it, like, so it's a naked woman, and she was gonna have that. Anyway, I don't know, man. No, I don't. I don't blame her. I don't know that I can blame her, but I, that's I said a little more power off-putting. to her. I said more power to her for being like that free. You know what I mean? I didn't even notice that. My big issue is but, my ahead. big issue was guy with penis at waterline. Like go a little <laughs> farther in. You know what I mean? Like yes. It was oh, like, it's like shirt king, man. Right, and it was just like every time I scanned that way, I ended up looking at his penis. Yeah, well, we do have a weird thing. Like, that's the thing. Like, of all the things on her body, you saw the string. You know, like, we have a weird way of, like, zeroing in on it. And then I couldn't, not, I couldn't not look. Luckily, she left shortly thereafter because it was just yeah. distracting. That is distracting. And it was like I was talking to someone. She's right there. I'm talking to someone who's on my right. So I'm trying to talk to that person, and it's just – it was so – Yeah, in the background, she's trying so to fly So uncomfortable and yeah. hilarious. You know, it's funny. Three years from now, when we do this podcast after Meltdown, we're all going to be like, yes, yeah, so now we go totally naked. <laughs> Dude, it's it's gradual progression. Like, you know where I stand? So I, I just le- lost the loincloth, and it all went better. I stand right at the line of like where the water is, so my penis is right there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. It's like you got to own it, you know? You don't go in there and hide it. You own it. <laughs> Double down. Also, I should mention, shout out to the naked dudes, because that water is so cold. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that's I, the thing. Grow, growers, or showers, not growers. Yeah, like, like I'm a grower. I have no shot in that river. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a blood dick. I'm not a meat dick. You know? That's the best way ever. Term. Oh, that's the best way I've heard it put. Well, I mean, dude, here's the thing, though. I thought about this when I was growing up. So, okay. Like, would you rather, like, it, okay, let's say all things being equal, that when you have, when, when you're not erect, it looks pretty big and sausage-like, but it doesn't get that much bigger versus when you're not erect and you're a grower and it gets bigger than um, the shower. Wh- which would you rather Is have? Is that what happens? Well, it depends. Okay. But to, I'm, like, I, I can't speak for the meat dicks out there, but for the blood dicks, there's a significant growth factor. So blood significant. is like, okay. Mm-hmm. I would say the, the growth factor flow. is probably underestimated by meat dicks, in fact. And so that's the thing is, would you rather be – like embarrassed around the guys, but be able to bring it home with the ladies or vice versa. Um, the I'm a blood dick and I like it because uh, when it's not erect, it's hilarious. 
And like sometimes, you know, it's, it's, just, you it's just like those Greek you just whip statues. it out as a goof. If it's like impressive, it's not very funny to whip it out randomly. That's true. I, you I know, mean, and like, then when it does yeah. get, well, some have called it impressive. You know, it's uh, it's a worthy, lovely lady that gets to experience it. Yeah, that's like a line in a relationship I have to break. Of like when I'm going to be comfortable walking around naked flaccid. Hmm, <laughs> yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, because generally when you start dating somebody, they're not going to see it till the blood's already down there. Dude, I heard one time in some TV show that that word is actually flaccid. Do you know? If, you guys know if that's true? I don't know. I don't know. Because flaccid is the word I, way I'd yeah, always I've heard always it. Yeah, i said then, flaccid. Yeah. I think I it might be flaccid. Though. It's a fun yeah. word. If you can, like, anytime you can work flaccid into, especially if it's not about a dick, you know, it just really. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, hey, man. That's your mind doing that, but I know exactly what I'm doing. My problem is the biggest showy thing I have on my testicles is what nobody wants to see is balls. <laughs> or I guess it's testicles. Dude, my – oh, my God. Okay, so my uh, my roommate from school who played in the NFL, like that dude has some balls that are like – I don't even know what you would liken them to. They're the size of probably like the two of them together, like a small cantaloupe. Small, Whoa. Like a big melon, I would say, like a softball. All right, all right. And it's just like, but then, like, he's all about the tuna can dick. So, like, short, but, like, tuna can. All right. Bringing that heat. Anyway, I don't know where that came from, but. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of us out I there, and they're I'm... all in different, you know, different ranges. Have you ever heard the story about the hot tub in Leavenworth? No, but I will say this. Water is not a lubricant. No, Go ahead. don't have sex in hot tubs. Yeah, thank you. That's what I'm saying, man. A hundred times. Over like, to all over. the 19-year-olds out there, don't, do right. not. Now, if you're classy and you're in a hotel that has a jacuzzi jetted tub, that water is clean. Have fun, kids. Bring some lubricant. Water is not one. Go ahead. You're, you are correct. So we're in a hot tub. It's me and this girl. We're naked. Uh, when, when is this? This was, I don't know, seven ago. years ago. Okay. I want right. sources. We're going we're gonna to call some, uh, what are those called, references. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so it's a nightmare. I reserve this uh, the 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 like romantic love suites, and it's like private hot tub, like this and that. It's got a sauna in there, so I'm like, this is Ooh, great. Yeah, and we're going to find it, and it's like we're in the neighborhood of Leavenworth. Like this isn't a hotel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's in the basement of somebody's home. Oh no! And there's two of them, right? And like, you ever seen those like saunas you can buy like out of like Sky Mall? Oh, They're like, no. Yeah, that's in the corner. Uh, you can hear people upstairs. You can hear the people next door. Oh, no. Right? But we're like, F it. We're getting in that hot tub, the one that's ours, naked. So I'm out there smoking a huge blunt, pretty relaxed, getting the hot tub. It's warm out. So eventually, you know, hot tubs are hot. I sit up on the edge, and Molly just starts laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? And she's like, your, your balls are down by, like, your calves. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn. Those things are hanging real low, real comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's crazy that they do that, too. Not to calf, just but dis- you know what I mean? Like, the way I was sitting. Hey, look, man. I'm not here to judge you, okay? <laughs> I accept you for who you are, Ted. And I love you just the same. But it is crazy that they do that just to, like, basically keep the sperm alive. You know? They're just yeah. trying to get rid of body heat. It's the increased surface area. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, hey, the mayor's here. Oh, whoa, he did whoa, make whoa. it. Nice. Yeah, I wonder if he's a grower <laughs> or a shower. Oh. <laughs> mayor, grower, grower or shower? <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Grower or shower? What are you? Uh, I'm the moo-moo guy. <laughs> moo-moo guy. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know what he's talking about. <laughs> just, just take it out. <laughs> just, just take it just out. Just show us. We'll be the judges. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mayor Good Karen, call. this story. Can we get a spotlight? <laughs> we were just talking about the amount of penis on the river. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you were talking about when I heard grower or shower. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was one person on the river that was a shower. Yeah. I'm still getting over there, there my you shirt go. off. Oh, yeah. oh it's on. <laughs> it's yeah. a battle of meat dicks and blood dicks out there. You yeah. know? So that's what I was saying. And then we got into the special part of a relationship. Now I can walk around her flaccid. <laughs> it's like a line you got to cross. Man, you guys are going deep. Literally. <laughs> Wait, so with this, with this resort thing, though, was there two hot tubs or you guys just took control of the single hot no, tub no, no, for the two shirts? Two Okay, and was it like a Sky Mall type scenario also, or was it like yes, a full legitimate? Yes, it had bad like uh, white bed sheets to kind of make it seem like they were each private. Oh, no. Yeah, and then the next day, I'm talking about this place I went to at Leavenworth. So then the next day, we get up, and I mean, 7 a.m., you can hear grandma like cook at breakfast and asking kids what they want. Oh. So then she goes to take a shower, so I'm like, F this, I'm still going to use this little sauna. 
And she comes out of the bathroom. And she's like, will you get out of there? It looks like you're sitting in an oven. <laughs> you look, you look, and I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> was when awful. was this? Oh, man, like seven or eight years ago. <sighs> and then I got out of hotel rooms with a jacuzzi jetted tub. The rest of the weekend was awesome. Nice. Yeah, that's the thing I was going to ask. Is like, It was like... a story involving low-hanging testicles, Taryn. Shame you missed it. <laughs> I'm, I'm bummed I missed it, too. You'll hear it. You'll hear it when you back. So that what I look forward to most on my commute home on a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, also, shout out to Jesse and Jamie having their baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Cool. Yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. So exciting. Oh, <laughs> uh, All right. I don't want to get into the Maryland thing. That's going to be too serious. Oh, dude. You Okay. You right. lured me in. We can do the plane thing instead if you want. All I'm right. saying goodbye, but thank you for, saying, oh, for letting right. me hang all out. Right. Yeah, yeah. The mayor's leaving, too. Are you goodbye. Going for the night? Yeah, I gotta go. All right, okay. man. All right, Where's the sweater? It's on your desk. All right, thank you. Our desk. Not his desk. Thank you, Taryn. <laughs> Taryn and I share a desk. <laughs> and now everybody knows. <laughs> well, it's awesome. Share a desk. Uh, so, man, I don't know how to transition. <laughs> you guys ever sitting in chairs, like, both riding on it? No, it's just some, like it's always awkward sometimes. It's like, all right, well, I'll go to the studio or something. I always make a point of being like, I'll go to the studio because I have to share a desk. <laughs> with Taryn. Some people. Yeah. All right, so the Maryland thing. I only want to bring this up because I want to – and this is a very serious thing. Uh, a couple months ago, Maryland had a uh, football player died during an off-season uh, workout. I should take that back. He died as a result of an off-season workout. Okay. He passes out at the workout. Official he, workout? Correct. Uh, the one, so he passes out there. It takes, there's reports. It takes a long time for an ambulance to get there. These, uh, the, the report that came out from ESP and he dies two weeks later. So then you don't hear much, you know, and then this report comes out from ESPN last week. That's like, uh, these anonymous coaches that used to play there or used to coach there and, and players that are like, Hey, DJ Durkin and this strength coach at Maryland are basically running like, like a, a brutal military thing and like they're beyond demeaning like one kid that left was like he basically called me a bitch to my face and i was like and he was like i'm not gonna stand i'm not gonna stand for that so the story is the kid is passing out from heat exhaustion and they're like you gotta finish the drill you gotta finish the drill so the head trainer yells quote drag his ass across the field and there was two players like physically dragging him what that yes. Not a good look. So for then the this Turks. ESPN report comes out that this is kind of the system they're running. And like, it's, it's, you know, and look, I get it. You're talking Division I college football. You got to be tough on somebody. But this went above and beyond. And right. a kid died. So not only that, there was an independent investigation from his family where basically it looks like Mar the University of Maryland football program and the University of Maryland is trying to cover it up. It's supposed to be anonymous because players are worried about retribution if they talked. So you know where they put up the sign-up sheet anonymously? At the end of the hall where you had to walk by each coach's office. Like, that is not anonymous, right? That's, oh. again, an intimidation thing that they're doing. So, they, wow. so you could read the stories. I mean, it's awful. Then they try to cover it up. And then, like, I saw one thing where they were like, oh, we didn't have an ice, an ice tub. Wait, so what's the official cause of death on that? Uh, heat exhaustion. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't want to throw them in an ice tub anyway. Shock. You want to cool them down No, slowly. no, no. They're supposed to. What? Every trainer has come out and said, hey, like other people that were there were like at the first sign of that heat exhaustion when he's passing out and stuff like you need to get his core temperature down. Not yeah, you need to get the core temperature down, but I don't think you throw him into an ice tub. No, seriously, I just read through the reports today. Uh, That's I'm why not, Maryland. Yeah. I'm yeah. right. Go ahead. Right. Like, trust me, I just read this stuff. But in Maryland goes, well, we didn't have one. Bullshit. You're a Division One program. You got an ice tub. You probably got 10 of them. So they could have done that. Uh, what else? They also didn't call for a while. Hang on. You know what? I'll read you the quote right here. Yeah, so it's just, it's awful. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Had Maryland officials been prepared to immerse the player with symptoms of external heat stroke and ice cold water, he would be alive. Uh, had Maryland officials taken uh, his temperature after the first collapse, he might be alive. They didn't either, and he's dead. Wait, so he died two weeks later. Correct. Was he in a coma? In Correct, the, the whole time. Wow. Right. So now it looks like they're covering up the investigation. Was he a lineman? Offensive lineman. Yeah. But it's just awful. So I just wanted to say, like, if you've ever listened to this podcast, you, I'm probably one of the bigger Maryland football fans you will ever meet. But the University of Maryland has done a horrible thing here. The University of Maryland needs to fire that entire staff. You need to fire that athletic director. And frankly, I think the president of the university needs to be fired, too. The president of the university didn't even reach out to the family until like a week ago. 
Dude, that's one, yeah, not specific to this situation, but in general, I'm always, I feel like, um, I, I feel like too, see this situation, I don't know, but in general, I feel like too quickly are like the heads of, like too, too quickly are when people get upset in the short term, they ask for like the, the heads of the administration to roll. I feel like there was a lot of that with like some of the transgender stuff and sit-ins and whatever. And some of it was justified, but some of it too, like now I feel like in our, um, in our like shock reactive culture, too many times people were like this person who was totally unrelated to this thing and didn't even know what was going on should be fired. So here's the thing. If he, like in this specific situation, if he was part of the cover-up or knew anything about it and didn't do what he should have, totally let him go. Well, it's not just the cover-up. I mean, also when this ESPN report came out, I mean, it just, it's awful. Like the two years that Durkin's been there, they've just been, like, I mean, they're just, it's beyond bullying and demeaning what they're doing. So totally. I'm saying the president knew that was going on. That's the question. That's the question. Is did he know and let it continue or did he not? Because that's the thing is that, the head of a company or a college or whatever is responsible for so many people. And it's like, Oh, general motors, like, you know, like had this weird thing at their rubber factory in Ghana. And it's like, yeah, man, that guy's never even been to Ghana. So who knows? Like you shouldn't fire the CEO of that. But if he knew, right. And did something to like cover it up or whatever. Sure, man, let him roll. I just feel like too often now in this, in the, the outrage culture, it's immediately like, Oh, this little thing happened over here. Boom, go straight to the top and take out an otherwise, um, competent, really good administrator or person, you know? So anyway, I don't know what the Maryland, but just in general, I feel like I see that. I have a hard time seeing the president of a university where football programs to these schools is very important. Yeah. I have a hard time believing a president of a university, you've lost 24 scholarship athletes from your football team in two years. That's a ridiculous number. At no point did he go and ask any of the players or any of the other coaches, like, the, apparently the treatment of these players was pretty well known throughout the program and everything else. So I have a hard time thinking the president had no idea, and then they took it so far that a kid died. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's tough to say how much he knew. They have, like, he has a lot of stuff underneath his purview, you know, and he's probably more focused on academics and admissions and teachers and hirings and firings and, you know, the endowment and all those other things. But, yeah, man, he very well may have known. But also, you— you're also walking that line with any football program between like we want to be tough and we want to be good and obviously this which is way over the line. I feel like uh, fraternities with their hazing and stuff kind of do the same thing. It's like, hey, we want to make people feel like they're part of our group by going through some sort of a process, but we don't want people dying or getting raped or whatever. And so for that administrator, like it's just it's tough to know how much one, how much he knew about you know football and programs and how that stuff should go, but also like how much he knew about this specific thing. Because if you hear, you start to hear some rumors after a year, it's like, hey, the football program's pretty tough. We've lost some athletes. Like, okay, like they're pretty tough. You know, I don't know how you look into that. Like, you meet with them, it's like, hey, I heard you guys are pretty tough, and like, yeah, we are. Like, meet with the coach, and they're like, okay, I, I, I don't know. It just hey, you have the fucking meeting. You're the boss. You're yeah. the president. Yeah. So fire the coach. That's what I'm saying. It's like fire the, fire the coach and see how much the guy knew. I uh, no. Yeah. I think honestly, like. You have not heard of this till I just no. I, d- I have no nothing about read, it. If you read this stuff, <laughs> that's how we always end up in saw, these, dude. But, but I mean, if you read it and saw how awful this is, you know what I mean? Like, like there's people in my family that are talking about just getting rid of anything Maryland football. That's what I was going to ask. Wow. Terrible. Like how, do, how does the fan base feel about it? How do you, you personally, and other it's awful. fans that you know, like, yeah, yeah. So, what were the other incidents? So that it's not because like, it's not an isolated thing, right? No, like some of the other incidents they had were just. Like, I don't know, one guy, I guess, uh, what didn't stick to his meal plan, so kind of like Full Metal Jacket, they had him eat candy bars while the rest of the team was working out. Like, but I, I don't, like, the players, the way they're quoted is just like, it just sounds demeaning. And not like they're learning everything. One guy said, you know, I get tough love, but at Maryland it was just tough. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's tough love, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I get this as college football. You have to be tough on these people. But also, like, there's a certain point where also, like, that's a human body. Dude, totally. And you're going to hate me for this answer, but as is almost always the case, it's so tough from the outside to know what was really going on. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, and it's easy when they come out and there's a big incident like this. But if there weren't other, you know, significantly like outrage, outrageous events leading up to it, it's tough to say. Granted, I don't know this thing in particular, but like, 
you know, if if one incident happens, I don't typically fault someone. I mean, they like they can clear it out and do it now. But the, but the president already said the university accepts legal and moral responsibility for the mistakes that our training staff made on that fateful workout day. Yeah, yeah, on that day. But that's what I'm saying. Like there, he didn't have a lot of canaries in the coal mine. It's like it all kind of you know the coach has only been there. Did you say two years? So all this yeah. stuff's been going on. Well, that yeah. was the, th- this was the other reason that the ESPN story broke was basically after the kid dies, then they kind of cool it off a little bit, and then as soon as camp started up, it was back to the same stuff. Mm. Like what? Well, it's yeah. Kinda, so that's why yeah. that's why finally this report huh. came out, and the like. I mean, a coach that coached there said an ex coach was like, "I would never let that staff have my son. Like, I wouldn't let him go there." Like, yeah. so I'm saying, like other football people are saying, "Hey, this was way over the top." Well, yeah, and it, and it was objectively, but that's that's the question though is like, should the you know should the dean be fired? This reminds me a lot of the Bellevue High School stuff, and it's like, once everything comes out, yeah, but during the Bellevue reign, nobody knew the whole picture except the people at the very core in terms of having those kids from out of district going to that school and the portable or whatever, and like you know how they were pushing kids and what types of supplements they may or may not have been on, and so that's the thing is sometimes also it's tough to put the whole picture together uh, if you're just one piece of the puzzle. So, like, I don't know about this Dean or whatever in particular, but with the Bellevue thing, it's like, yeah, once things, like, start to come out, then, like, of course, you know, the whole story comes out, and now, like, ESPN jumps on. It's like, oh, it's a, you know, it's an iceberg, and there's a bunch of ice below the surface. But at first, you know, you just see one or two things, and you're like, okay, like, what's, you know, it kind of raises suspicion, but you're not going to roll in there and just start, like, you know, uh, firing people with like the Bellevue thing. It's like, yeah, they're a successful program. What's going on? Like, oh, well, maybe they have a couple kids from out of district. Cop, maybe this. You're talking about out of district kids. We're talking about a dead 19 year old. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, saying that's hindsight's a massive, 20... giant, different line. Well, and this was a huge scandal. But the Bellevue thing was a huge scandal, too. What I'm saying is hindsight's 2020, man. But you got to think about, like, mentalize for a second. Put yourself in the dean's, you know, in the dean's seat six months ago. And it's like, okay, we've had a troubled football program. We got this new coach. He's trying to do his thing. They had the juice or whatever last year. They were kind of doing good. I hear that maybe there's some stuff going on. It's tough to tell. Like, you don't just roll in and fire a coach after two years based just kind of on speculation and rumor. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was asking about like other incidents, for instance. So now, obviously, it's easy to be like, dude, the whole program, sorry, Matt, you're going to have to believe it, was totally f***ed, and none yeah. of this should have happened. But at the time, it's tough to make that call in the fog of war. Well, I'm and that's not all saying I'm saying. To fire, I'm not saying that you should have been fired. I'm just saying you're the president of the university. Like, you get to talk to the coach. You're the one person that gets to put that state employee in line. And I don't think it's crazy for the president of a university to go over, and I fathom how big college football is, but aren't we still talking about a university? Mm-hmm. The, the pres- welfare of nineteen-year-old right, kids is right, kind of the recruit- priority. You stood in that in his parents' home and said, "Give me your son. I'll take care of him. Like we're going to look after him." That I mean, that falls on that president too. The president okay. should, if he heard, he knew this stuff was going on. You need to have a you need to have a conversation with DJ Durkin. So, do you say he should be fired now? The I think they should all the be gone. The president. The AD and the whole the whole coaching staff. <laughs> cool. I mean, seriously, they're, they, people are talking about they might you know they might suspend that program. Wow. You're yeah. Insti- what do they call it? Institutional. They've lost institutional control. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, what was the program in Texas? It wasn't Baylor. So no. whoever got the kiss of death, the Mustangs or something like that. SMU. SMU. They were the only Thank ones you. to ever get the, uh, yeah, the death penalty. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Dude, that'd be crazy. Dude, if Maryland gets the death penalty, can I get you on record right now? You're pulling Boston College. Oh, negative. <laughs> if, 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 if I decide to abandon the territory. Who's your ACC team? I, no, you're misreading this. I'm, I'm going to be a free agent. Like Recruiting season is on. <laughs> Taryn's already pulling for the Cougs. I know I got a bunch of Husky fans. Going to be doing some tailgating tours. Yeah, I'm sure the mayor will be pulling for. Dude, we'll get uh, you up to Chestnut Hill, man. Get down to now, uh, Oregon's Oregon. the past, dude. BC's the future, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh God oh damn it. man, no. So it's a serious thing. So I yeah, just wanted to be like on it. record as a Maryland fan, being like, "This is BS," and those people need to be fired. Yeah, it does yeah. suck. Yeah, it's brutal. All right. Uh, also, saw Pearl Jam last week. They were that pretty was cool. dope. Actually, Pearl Jam was awesome, and I got to hang out with uh, Becky Lynch from the WWE, thanks to Steve Miggs, and uh, 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 Jeff Dye. Yeah. Jeff Dye, the comedian. Comedian Jeff Dye? Yes. Why do I know so much? I feel like his Facebook advertising is just on point. That's well, how I feel like the, I know about him. And he had a show on NBC hmm. uh, with, like, Terry Bradshaw and a couple other dudes. Like, was it George Foreman? And he would take, like, the old dudes around, and they go do crazy stuff. That sounds fun. But Jeff Dye, I knew he was from up here. We have a mutual friend. 
and we're sitting there in a lesion on uh, like the upstairs, and I'm sitting there talking to him, and then I was like, I'm trying to say something to Steve, and finally I just looked back at him. I said, Jeff, you're Jeff Dyer, Die, right? And he's like, yeah, man. By the way, he had already been quizzing me about uh, Burning Man, because Steve was like, yeah, Ted went. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So just, so I made the connection, and then we were uh, BSing about stuff. He's like, you want one of my tacos? I was like, yes, I do, Jeff Die. Don't worry, I didn't call him Jeff Die the whole time. He pulled a power move. There was a lot of power people up there. He pulled the. He paid that whole tab like before anybody could even think about pulling for their money. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I de- Burning Man's definitely going more stra- mainstream. One of my friends hosts like a a travel show type thing, and he's like, they're talking about doing an episode there, and I'm just like, oh, like that'll be the day the music dies. What show? Uh, I don't want to say. It's like uh, they're based out of L.A. And uh, is that the dude's name? Right no. Oh, all right. I thought maybe it was the same guy I knew. But anyhow, Jeff Dye was awesome. And nice. then we were walking I in. love hearing that people are cool in person who you think would be cool. I mean, honestly, I always thought he was cool. It was amazing in person. He was, he was super cool. Matt met him. Yeah. I yeah. like when someone is like, wow, I can see why you're so popular. You know? So like when, when they don't disappoint. Like Jay-Z was like that. Like, yeah. I can see why you're a superstar. Now that I met him, just seeing his show. Dude, when we walked into the stadium, a couple people would be like, hey, Ted, right? And I'd walk over and say what's up to him. But I'm walking with this group. So finally, after the third person, Jeff looks at me and he goes, Ted, you don't have to hug them all just because they say hi to you. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right, Damn, all right, fair, fair. Take it from someone Damn. more famous than you. Yeah, basically. Roasted. Like, it was, like, subtle, but, like, yeah. I was like, all right. And you know me. I was like, dude, I'm working at a local level. I'm trying here. Wow. <laughs> right? I was like, all right, all right, you got me. I'm a politicker. Yeah. Also, I thought that was awesome. Like, he was so cool. He's already busted my balls. Yeah, that's great. Oh, man, that's yeah, That hilarious. is pretty cool, man. Uh, Pearl Jam was great. Uh yeah, I, I had to leave early because I had to come here, but it was dope to get to experience that. That was the longest show I think I've ever, yeah. ever been to because I stayed for the whole thing. It went until my actual show started. Yeah, it was wild, man. Longest Pearl Jam show or longest show ever, period? I think that's the like one band that's got to be the longest I've ever seen somebody play. Maybe the Foo Fighters at Showbox Soto like the night after Thanksgiving a couple years ago. Speaking of, did you guys hear the news today on the Showbox market? Oh, it's got a it's got a stay of execution. Yeah, ten months. So I was at the Pike Place meeting when they were discussing it um, a week ago, and nobody showed up. For, there was one woman who showed up for public commentary, and you thought the place would be packed. It was empty, and so now that it, they're moving to put it in the Pike Place Historical District, those five people. Well, they have ten months, but those five people will now basically be able to decide what happens at that property. And it sounds like the I don't know how the ground rights work beneath. But it sounds like the way it's set up, they're not able to drive pylons in and basically build above it to keep it. So it might just stay there as like a one-story building. We'll see. But that's got to be crazy. Think about if you're the developer and you bought that. I mean, I'm pro Showbox Market, first of all. One of the best venues in the country. Best venue in Seattle, no question in my mind. Um, And I'm all about it staying. But thinking about the other side, you think about like you just bought that parcel for, who knows, 50, 60 million. And they're like... Now oh, you're in the music venue business now. It's like, <laughs> wow. And you can know it's like some like. Can you can you not reverse that sale? They're out like, of Vancouver. I don't know. They may, they may have had a contingency, but it kind of depends on when they bought it, you know? I, I am, I can't, like, I love the Showbox. It's honestly probably my favorite venue in the country. Oh, yeah, by far. But I will say this. I found it interesting how many, how many people I know who are all like, well, the city's changing this and that, but because it was something they cared about, the show box, then it, then it mattered more. Yeah. Because like, I feel like sometimes when I talk about like affordable housing or bartenders being able to live in Belltown that work in Belltown, like, people don't really care. Yeah. And it's then, only when it affects them, man. Yeah. It, that, that's really the truth, So too. I mean, I'm, trust me, I'm beyond pleased. I, we have a bunch of friends that work down there. Like, I'm pumped that it's going to be around. But I, I don't know. Well, that we'll was see. We'll see. Basically, that just set the stage for – for a big, long, long, drawn-out battle. So who knows? <laughs> I mean, I think it was Kashwant. Oh, man, I don't know how to say her name. Kashami Sawant? Is that? Uh, Sawant, I know, is the last name. Yeah. I can't pronounce her first name, but I believe she was the one stepping up to the plate is what yeah. I Because the woman who's the head of the Seattle Neighborhoods Division was at the Pike Place meeting. She was talking about how that other meeting went. And so, yeah. Anyway, very interesting local politics, boys. Uh, I want to read a couple e- mm. emails there, oh, Tom. Okay. What is that you'd like me to do? Read a couple of <laughs> Yeah, man, I got you. <laughs> um, boys, my wife and I are expecting a baby boy in January. It's a pretty crazy change for us, but we are super excited. I like to refer to baby... <laughs> I try to read... <laughs> Matt, you're going to have to bleed me. All I try right. to read ahead as I read these. 
when I don't have time to read them ahead of time. I like to refer to babies as f trophies, but my wife hates it when I say it because <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. So I think you're thinking about what kind of dad I'll be. I was curious, and I thought I'd shoot the question out to you guys. If and when you have kids, what kind of dad do you think uh, you'll be, and what kind of dad do you want to be like? Love the podcast. Been listening since day one and love just how genuine you guys are and love all the positivity you spread. Also, it cracks me up when you guys talk about going up north to Stanwood and Warren Beach area. I grew up there and I uh, went to school with Taryn. It's a wonderful place. <laughs> Larp on amigos, Lucas. Papa Ted, tell us, man. Talk to us. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's kind of a tough question. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's, I was in the same thought. Like, just, oh, man. That's, like, a lot, that's a lot to consider. Um, but I do, you know, I could. I could see myself enjoying raising a kid. It's a ton of responsibility that I have absolutely no interest in right now. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think it would be fun to get to uh, do do some of that stuff. Like, there's parts of it that seem very appealing, and then there's other parts where I'm like, no, I was right all those years. I want nothing to do with this. So, uh, but I think. If I had one, I would make sure to, uh, you know, just teach them to be good to people and, you know, get them to believe in themselves and try new things and, you know, be adventurous and, you know, make the most out of world out of your chance at life on this planet and, you know, have a lot of gratitude for everything that you have. Uh, my parents kind of instilled a lot of that in me through religion and then I kind of like... Um, backlashed against religion for a little while there because I saw some, you know, if you take it all literally, it's pretty easy to poke holes and just, okay. Um, but, you know, a lot of that, like, saying prayers before dinner, which I see religious people do very um, habitually and perhaps not as focused as I like to take a few minutes and check my gratitude before I eat. You know what I mean? Which is essentially what they're doing. So I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to go about showing kids what I would consider to be like universal truths about like being good to people, being a helpful friend and some of the cares that people can listen to and or people can talk to and you can listen well and, you know, being grateful for all the stuff that you have in life and, you know, just setting them up to, to go enjoy stuff. And, you know, then there's also of financial level that I would like to accomplish before I dive into that, that I'm nowhere near as long as I'm at this station, probably. But, you know, hey, I don't have any plans to have, have a kid, so it's cool to, to be doing this. But, uh, yeah, the financial side of things is, like, what really stop the logistical side of, like, the, what stops me in my tracks. Like, I'm nowhere near that. Um, so, yeah, but I think there's there's a lot of, lot of stuff to have fun with. And I really liked uh, Jordan Peterson's chapter on parenting, in I think it was like never let your kid do something that makes you resent them or something in 12 rules for life I just like when I yeah when I read that I was like oh I would read this like 12 times a, a month during that nine <laughs> months like whatever nine times 12 is that's how many times I feel like would be a good amount of times to read it, it just had a lot of awesome wisdom that I thought sounded very practical I was gonna say like fruits, Ted Smith Jr. fruits and sports <laughs> fruits and sports fruits and sports. fruits and sports elaborate uh, I mean, I like sports. I think sports are good. I think it's good to stay active and stuff. And then I would just encourage more fruits and stuff than maybe I ate as a child. Okay. I Where I'm at is I'm squarely on the fence whether I would have kids or not. If the uh, woman I end up with um, is pro kids, cool, I could do one or two. Um, if not, I'm totally fine not doing it. Um, as far as the foods, I actually disagree with you. Why? So I'm very pro. You know, I eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruits. Um, all the fruits have a lot of sugar. But – your taste buds change so much. And I remember a lot of the foods I love now really hating them as a kid. And I just didn't like them. And my parents didn't force them on me. And because of that, I love them now where I see some of my friends who had these foods forced on them. And that's the thing, like offering it is one thing, forcing it is totally another, but had it forced on them. And now they only eat like one of my friends from school just eats garbage. He eats like white bread and like, I don't even know. He's like the pickiest eater ever. Just really bad stuff. So um, I'm not going to be too strict with the foods, but I'll try to put a lot of good stuff around him. But I think I would be an okay dad. Uh, but like Matt said, the financial thing is huge. Um, and there's there's just a lot that goes a lot that goes into it. A huge amount of time, and I may be too selfish to do it. We'll see. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. I have a lot of lot of ideas in my life that I want to do that like. 
that would definitely get in the way of, which is, you know, something that I need to consider that if I'm going to have a kid, I need to really come to the conclusion that I'm okay giving up all those aspirations and taking the, the hits that come with having a kid from from my dreams. Because if, if I'm not okay with that, I feel like I'm probably going to resent that kid. And that's a lot not, of sacrifice. That's not, that's not a good recipe for either of us. Anyone, you know, like, just kind of, yeah, being, a, being aware of stuff like that, I think, is something that I, I think about a lot when it comes to that. Because, you know... I'm in, I'm in a committed relationship, so it's like, oh. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even have a girlfriend. Like, I, it's, it's hard to answer yeah. a question about children. Oh, my answer if I didn't have a girlfriend to that would be totally different. It's like weddings. <laughs> but like, I oh, that. if you ever get married, you're going to have a huge wedding? No. Well, if she wants one, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly. Right? Take like, the words out of my mouth. Right, let's be realistic. <laughs> Ted, sometimes I just remember why we're friends. Ted. <laughs> I know we are. Yeah, I know you're a big college football fan. I am too. By chance, are you going to the Washington Auburn game on nine one, or do you know any dogs who are going? I'm going and potentially lone wolfing it, looking for some people to hang with. But we haven't met. I think our similar love for college football and light beer would make us natural friends. Thanks. Love listening to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. Mike Beatty, aka Blue Golf, uh, Blue Eight Golf, aka Belly, aka Belly of the Beast. Ted, dude, I am not going to that game. I don't know anybody. Ah, do I know any Huskies who are going? I'd have to check around. But dude, that'll be an awesome time. Yeah, and good game. It's who's it? Washington and Auburn. Yeah, right. Like Auburn's not like a natural rival for you guys. So like, when you go down there, people will be pretty friendly to you. It's not like you're going into Auburn wearing like an LSU shirt or right. somebody else from their conference. So that's the that's the one thing I've noticed. When you travel those big distances, people are usually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, if you go Lone Wolf, go. It's the South. Yeah, <laughs> the beautiful fun. girls everywhere. Uh, Ola, Ted. I thought you were going to say everyone's friendly. Wait, <laughs> is the like... game at UW or a game at Auburn? Oh, I'm assuming it's at Auburn if he's saying he's going. Oh, oh. crap. I kind I don't of know. assumed Could... it was here. Oh, maybe he Didn't he here. invite you? Didn't he? He just asked if he was if, if Ted, Ted was, was going. going? Ted, yeah, just I don't ta- think he would ask you Take that a look on the schedule. Going well, to... I read the next email. If it was down I... in Alabama. <laughs> Ola, Ted, Matt, and Cobb. Sounds like you had a good time in Summer Meltdown. I have two questions. Uh, why do you release the episode on Thursdays when you record on Tuesdays? Matt? Those are my decisions. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, because we, one of the main things when you start a podcast, you got to be consistent. So we decided we were going to put it out on Thursday. So then it just Tuesday just kind of is the easiest day to that we can all get together. That's true. But having it release on Thursday means that would give us wiggle room to do it on Wednesday or Monday. If yeah, we we've done to. a Sunday one, I think. Or, yeah, we or used like to. Some Monday, we've yeah, done we, some weird ones. Yeah. The Potocalypse was in. Uh, was <laughs> on a weekend. Su- was yeah. a we got to bring that back, boys. I that was fun. Uh, are any of you three? No, that game's in Atlanta, dude. Damn. It's Hot Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Huh. Um, are any of you th- three going to the Foo Fighters on September 1st at Safeco? Everyone's asking what we're doing September 1st. Yeah, I'm just going to put this out there. <laughs> I'm going on a retreat Labor Day weekend, so I won't be at none of that stuff. Like, after, imagine how loud Pain in the Grass is going to be on the 25th of August. Just know your boy is going monk style on the 26th. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, for being the best podcast in all the land. All, all the, the land. land. Thanks, Stevie, the Packers fan. Um, <laughs> we got time for one more? Sorry, Stevie. Uh, we can move on. Yeah, let's You got to get to your mom's thing. I was going to say, I want to go see uh, go see the mom before she leaves. Uh, we'll check in with what's battening. Hey, hey what's good? What's mad? Uh, before we get to what's battening. Hey, hey what's good? What's mad? Check out with what's happening. Well, it's been a while. Uh, we pretty much covered Meltdown. Uh, I didn't talk about how awesome Five Alarm Funk was. Oh, yeah. They were they delivered, and I was front row. And this time, in Boise the week before, I was practically falling onto the stage every time I'd start jumping up and down. Actually, during their last little song, I was jumping up and down, and the power went out. Like, shortly after, I had to catch myself on the stage, and I thought I messed with one of the little switches or something when I tried to catch myself and didn't realize it. It wasn't. It was fine. We got through it. But um, at Meltdown, I was front row, and there's a nice barricade to just, like, support yourself on. So I got to, like, jump a a lot more and, like, not have to worry about falling over like the week before. So that was an awesome upgrade. Um, everything else, it was just, you know, there's too much to sit here and try and 
uh, yeah. you summarize. But we did a, we did a bang up job before that um, earlier in the pa- podcast, and then Tuesday after meltdown last week, I went on King Five and oh yeah, did, I totally uh, did a fitness segment on New Day Northwest, which was just awesome. I went with Josh, who was also at Meltdown. And, you know, we just kind of had that post-festival glow about us, I'd say. I feel like I kind of knocked it out of the park, which I don't say about things I do very often. But uh, it went went really well, and I was just in a good headspace, had a great weekend, and was there with one of my best friends, just kind of showing people I didn't really have anything to sell. I don't have any room in my schedule or anything. So I was just like, just go help people, man. Just go talk about what you know. And it was a rush. It was awesome. And nice. so... Yeah, that was a ton of fun. Uh, shout out to Margaret. She was great. Margaret's and Sue, awesome. Sue, their producer, for inviting me. And everybody oh, Molly there. Sue? Huh? Molly Sue. Molly <laughs> Sue, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> and so, we, yeah, that was just an awesome time. And then hung out afterwards with Josh for a little bit. And uh, then, let's see, Wednesday night, because Josh and I looked at the Pearl Jam tent, which was up Tuesday morning, and the line was like, all the way through the entire zigzaggy, uh, roped-off area out onto the sidewalk. And I was like, never mind. Pearl Jam had the longest lines I've ever been in. All the lines were insane. It was unreal. Everywhere. Bathroom, merch, beer. beer. To get in was insane. And what was crazy was when we walked up, that whole line was only on the one side. Like, there was two sides of the entrances, two openings and barricades to go in. And the line, which went the entire length of Safeco Field down First Avenue, was just going into the left one. And then as we were walking towards the back of it, we're like, oh, my God, what, what is going on? Then we see Ted and Steve and uh, Luca from Vigor and Jay, Ferugia and Becky and Jeff. And it was like, oh, my God. So what's up, guys? So we started walking with them. And we walk up, and, and there's another open barricade there was just no one was going into while a line of thousands of people are shuffling into the left side of it. It was like, holy shit, get out of your sheep mentality. Pay attention to your surroundings, people. But, uh, you know, we got we got in pretty quick. And then yeah. everywhere else, just insane lines. But because I had to leave early to come to the station, we hit that merch tent on the outside, which had no line. And so I did get a shirt. Uh, as did Tyler, so that was cool. Nice. Um, that was the day before her birthday, so I was like, yeah, well, you know, it was a cool little like bonus surprise because obviously like, we felt like Meltdown was a celebration, and that was. And then uh, Thursday night, went out to dinner with her family for her birthday, and then Friday morning flew to San Diego for my brother's bachelor party, and we were there all weekend, and it was awesome, right, in Mission Beach. And, dude, that's just a great, great part of the country. San Diego is just a ton of fun. And it was great. My my other brother and I kind of hung out most of the time while my brother, who's getting married, was with all his friends and stuff. And so right. we broke off from the rest of the group because no one was going to a strip club. And we were like, dude, we're here for a bachelor party. Like, let's let's go check it out. So that was fun. Uh, but the uh, house. Cheetahs? Cheetahs. No. Uh, Pacers. Which I've never. I just thought that was a weird, weird name for one. Pacers. Pacers. Yeah. Um, but it was it was fun. They. Serve alcohol in that one, so it's not fully nude, and no strippers want anything to do with the two guys who clearly aren't drunk, because there's a gazillion drunk marks in there that they could make more money off of. So I got like no no attention at all. I mean, it was crazy. But when you look around and you see how wasted everyone else is, and you know clearly I do not look like that. They're just yeah, it made sense. But uh, cheetahs, ah! cheetahs, man, cheetahs, okay. Cheetahs. Just all right. Throw in the, you know, just keep it in the, the bank and at some point. Cheetahs, all right. I don't Cheetahs. go to San Diego a bunch, but that's an easy name to remember for a strip club. Cheetahs. Thanks. Uh, and if you're in Miami, 11. 11. Okay. Is and there, if you're in Columbus, Ohio. No, sorry. There's 11s in there? Beyond dime pieces? And there's some, I mean, there's some attractive women in that city in general, but yeah. Yeah, I they bring it. Um, so that was, that was a great weekend. The house we were staying in, three. Casa Diablo. Yeah, dude, we could do, do we could do the whole honestly. Sorry. I've been in one in Columbus, I've been in one in Cincinnati, Nashville, we opened one. We were there at eleven AM. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean we could go all day. <laughs> Recommendations, pros, cons. Yeah, Casa Diablo for sure. Like I'm an Acropolis oh. fan. Okay, yeah. but Casa Diablo like brings the heat. Yeah. And like don't come talking to me about like some of the other ones downtown. So like they're fine, but yeah. Casa Diablo, the one thing I will take away from it is it's a long ways out of town. That's a little bit of a Portland? Drive, but it's worth it. Yeah. Portland, yeah. 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 Um 
never been to that one. But anyways, it was it was cool. The problem was the house we were in, the AC was broken. And so you have 16 dudes in one house that's like three stories, maybe three bedrooms. These little like they were advertised as European lounges, but they're basically um different looking essentially futons that fold fold out that are like two person love seats that fold into futons and there's a bunch of those and all these dudes just sleeping in this house that's a big house but it's basically they just rent it out for bachelor parties yeah and all these things are just for it the neighbors hated us cuz we're just another round of dickheads that are going to be gone after this weekend and don't care and you know people are being loud and obnoxious and but it was so goddamn hot. No one could sleep. So people just stayed up all night and drank. And, of course, the neighbors didn't care for that. But it was like we no, none of us could sleep. It was just you just lay there in hotness. Yeah. And maybe you, get, you fall asleep for like five minutes at, be, at best. And then you wake up just like, oh, my God, I'm so hot. And so, yeah, it made for – that was like it, just ridiculous that the AC was broken in August in San Diego. But other than that, everything was a ton of fun. I went to the Padres game Friday night. That ballpark is dope. Yeah. Yeah. We awesome. had Petco. Yeah. So they have a section in the back that's like in the outfield and it has like a bar. It's like 80 bucks for the ticket. You can get unlimited drinks through the 7th or something like that. But it had these two elevated it had this elevated platform with these two seats with like outdoor patio furniture cushioning on it. And they're like elevated seats with the leg rest so you can keep your beers on right on the fence. Nice. Like right on top of center field. And apparently it's like customary to kind of not sit there for the entire game. <laughs> Tim and I just held that one down the entire time. <laughs> oh, you never gave them up? We did a, We did towards the end, but we didn't even notice because we were like, oh, everyone's going to cycle through. And, you know, there was a bunch of us that sat up there at different times. But, yeah, some guy kind of like – said some passive-aggressive thing towards the end when he came up to check it out. We're like, yeah, sit down. And then he's, yeah, he's just like, there's been people here the whole time. And it's like, yeah, they were all us the whole time. (laughs) But it was fun. So, yeah, that was that. that. Uh, I don't know, lots happened in two weeks, but between Meltdown, New Day, Pearl Jam, my girlfriend's birthday, and the bachelor party, I think I covered it all. <laughs> uh, all right, it's about that time. Boop, doop, doop, boop, boop. Cob topic. Cob topic. Tangentially related. One of my life goals is to get into that Jaguar stadium pool during a game. Yeah, out, okay. out there. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. By the way, also, San Diego. Open Di- invite. Yeah. But, wait, by the way, what? San Diego, I just saw this festival today called Kaboom. Kaboom? K-A-A-A-B-O-O, Kaboo. Okay. Listen to this lineup on Friday night. Ah, Foo Fighters. do it to me. Halsey, Post Malone, Incubus, Gucci Mane, Blondie, uh, Everclear. Then Saturday is like Imagine Dragons, Earth, Wind & Fire, Billy Idol, Big Boy, STP, N-E-R-D. And then what's Sunday? Katy Perry, Robert Plant, Wiz Khalifa, Slash, Alice in Chains. I was like, this thing is crazy. So you brought up San Diego. September 14th. 15th and 16th. You can one get down there. Go. Yeah, one month. I'd that's go. a lot of different energies, too. Like, that's not like a, it's not easy to say what type of festival that is. But any festival in San Diego is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. They have some of the most gorgeous women in the country down there. And don't they know it? <laughs> uh, so, Cobb topic this week. Um, a while ago, uh, Anthony Bourdain died, and I remember I was like, man, people love this guy so much, I don't really know that much about him. So um, one of my roommates ended up buying his book, Kitchen Confidential, Kitchen Confessions. Kitchen Confidential. Like yeah. Uh, great. I just happened to, I picked it up and read for like one chapter, and I was like, wow, this is a great book. So I read the whole thing. I uh, really enjoyed it. Great writer. I can I can totally see. I mean, that's another one of those examples. Like, I can see why that book took off. Great book. And, um, and just well-written, I guess. I mean, um, and that guy's got some stories to tell. So anyway, so then I was like, well, I kind of like fell down the wormhole. I was like, why do people like this guy so much? And I started watching some of his like little shows and YouTube videos and stuff. And I watched this YouTube video of him making scrambled eggs. And he was just talking about, you know, a few things that he does for like a really simple dish. Like, here's how I make scrambled eggs, you know, and just like a couple little things that like it's a dish that you can't change that much. You know, like it's eggs that are scrambled in a pan. But uh he, it was, you know, it was like maybe like a 10 minute YouTube video and I made them that way and they were like some of the best eggs I've ever had. And so anyway, uh, that's how I make scrambled eggs now. And the cop topic this week is what is something most people could learn in 30 minutes 
that will be helpful for the rest of their lives. Feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com, or hit us up, hit Matt up, really, on the Twitter machine, at thepodcast. I mean, something... my first instinct would be just how to make something in a crock pot. It'd probably take you 30 minutes to maybe sear some of the meat and load up the crock pot, but you're going to eat for days, and it's simple. And you can learn how to use a crock pot about this, because I don't know how to use a crock pot. I know you're a big crock guy. So I mean, honestly, like it, it's kind of a joke we see on the men's room, but like you could put almost anything in there, and if you cook it for the right amount of time, it's going to be awesome. How do you know how long to cook it? Uh, cookbooks and whatnot. But I mean, the simplest thing I tell everybody is just get skinless, boneless chicken breast, or you can throw in some thighs. You like dark meat? I'm a thigh guy. Yeah, man. A lot of flavor. So throw those in there and then a jar of salsa or a can of salsa or whatever and just put it on low for eight hours. And when you get home, you have shredded chicken or you just, you just pull it wrong. apart. Right. So I'm just saying like that's one big trick. Like the, my mom got me one and then I started using it. And man, I, I love that thing. Have, are you familiar with the, oh, you're not a big rice guy, but the Zojirushi, the little Japanese rice maker, same thing. It's awesome. Right. You set it, you forget it. It can la- Your rice can stay in there for like Five days, just still piping hot, ready to go. It soaks it. It makes sure it has the right moisture content, so it's awesome. Yeah. And you can do quinoa or whatever else in there, too. But, yeah, I feel like I'm about to up my cooking game in the next year or two. Crock-Pot's an easy one, man. Crock-Pot's are yeah. great. I should I, – I always think – sometimes I think of myself as, like, a character in a video game. Like, you're upping your XP or your, like, agility or whatever. And, like, I definitely need to add that skill set. Yeah, remember, that's where Matt was cooking all his chickens. Yep. I need the Crock-Pot badge. Yeah. Yeah, it's super simple. It's obnoxious. Yeah. Like, and I just Google whatever it is. Uh, oh, how long in the crock pot? And when you just at this point, my phone. As soon as I type something in, it'll be like slow, so and so slow cooker recipe. Yeah, because <laughs> it just knows that that's probably what I'm looking for. Is the slow cooker and a crock pot the same thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah, they usually have like three settings, and then it's yeah, just usually it's just like high, low, which. or warm. You yeah. can get fancier ones if you want to, but that's all I ever use, just the standard one. And Crock-Pot yeah. was just like the first name, kind of like Q-tips uh, yeah. for a slow cooker. Which, although I will say, not all Q-tips are created equal. I'm a Q-tip man, period. Yeah, Full not stop. all cotton swabs are created that's equal. That's what I'm saying. Don't come at me with that Albertsons brand. Yeah. Um, taking a risk with the generic. Some of them are fine, but you take a risk. Dude, I mean, yeah, some of them, one, don't have the volume. Two, some of them don't even have the adhesion they don't have down the, properly. They don't, have, they don't the, have the tuft, you know. The like rigidity. It's, thank you. Dude, yeah. Like, there's a lot of issues out there. Yeah. The ones with the plastic in the middle. acid Q-tips, thank you very much. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Exactly. <laughs> Matt, what's, your, what's yours going to be? I was thinking of just exercises that you could, that like, I could teach people, you know, like the push-up and the squat and the lunge. And the pull up in in thirty minutes, if somebody was going to actually do the exercises consistently, spending thirty minutes to do how to to learn how to do some staples well would be time very well invested. But it comes with continuing to invest time in your physical health. Yeah, it continues to pay dividends. Right. Like I've had people that come in for an assessment and they're like, "Oh, I thought this was just a free session," and I'm like. I don't have room in my schedule for this person. Like, I'm not going to try and sit here and force them into a sales pitch. I'm just going to take the next 40 minutes and give them as much information as I can that in a way that they'll be able to implement it. Not, not overloading it, but, like, give them the best stuff that if they implement it, they'll see huge changes. And it doesn't – it's, you know, you learn the principles and then you go execute them and practice them on your own, and you can really improve your life. Copy that. I'll co-sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, there you go. There's uh, episode 230. Uh, I don't think. Oh, painting the grass is coming up. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Saturday, August 25th. We'll be out there uh, this weekend. I'm going to go to our old buddy, uh, Drew Brokenshire's wedding. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Him and Sarah finally, uh, finally getting it done. Get it. <laughs> uh, that should be pretty good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Other than that, man, we didn't get to it. The smoke sucks. If you live in Seattle, you know what we're talking about. Like, hopefully, we get a change in wind, get that stuff out of here. Yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. For MCTP, for Kyle, I'll be dead. This is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>